Hello and welcome to Ice Pit on Your Graves presents Best Heavy Metal Horror. I am Chris. I am joined as always by Mercer. Hello. And Faye. Hello. How are we both? I know I say this every time, you all both immediately start speaking over each other. So Mercer, how are you this week? I'm um, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. I've had a very um, relaxing week at work. It's only Monday, but it's been relaxing. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, thank you. How are you, Faye, I guess? I'm not so bad. Um, I'm the only one who did any extra extra. What's the word? Curricular activity for this episode in that I went and watched Studio 666 on Friday, which is stupid fun. It's it's stupid. It knows it's stupid. It knows it's not groundbreaking and it has fun with it. And I really enjoyed it. Good. There you go. Can get a more ringing endorsement of a film. Well, for what it is, you know. How about your your get your your fellow cinema goers? Did they also enjoy it? They did. I went with Tess and Finch, obviously because Tess is the biggest Foo Fighters fan in the universe, um, and we all had a grand old time. There you go, hundred percent Ron Tomato yeah, score. Absolutely, we'll launch our own one. Ron Cock score. <laughs> Why cock? Just first thing that came to mind. Oh well, I, I think it's with the. I think. I think it's with the films this week. There's a lot. There's a lot of cock. There's a lot of cock I mean, action. Sure, if you want that to be the excuse, that's absolutely fine. Oh, my love of gay porn. Uh-huh. Mercer, what have you been watching this week? Um, nothing too exciting. Um, I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre requel. Mm. I don't like the term requel. I really don't like it. Did you enjoy um, it? We both. We both absolutely adored it. Um, no, I didn't <sighs> like it at all. I found all the characters really pretentious. Uh, the weird, what got me more mad than anything was this like, let's bring Sally back and literally underuse her, not give her an actual storyline. There's no character arc for her. She comes, she dies. I will say the violence was really good. The gore was really good. Um, that, the very first kill um, was, I loved it. It was genius, you know, with the breaking of the arm and then stabbing him with his own bone. Mm-hmm. But that was genius. And at that point, I was like, oh, I'm going to get really on board with this. And then I just thought, well, you shut up, stupid curly-haired girl. You're doing my head in. You're arrogant. You're a dick. Like, she started off as an, a dick for no reason. Yeah, granted, oh. that, like, that man just comes up and she's like, uh, uh, you have to have a gun, yeah, because you get a little dick. And all he's done, he's got a garage. Yeah, let me be fair, he does, he does, abs- he's done absolutely nothing to you at this point. And she just has a pop in for no reason whatsoever. I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with somebody carrying a gun in the street. In I wouldn't te- say he Texas. had a little Yeah, still, I wouldn't say he had a little dick, but I wouldn't be comfortable. Why? Why be confrontational with someone if you were if you're not comfortable with them, them having a gun? You're not going to go. Eh, and yeah, and, I mean, you might be uncomfortable with the simple fact is it's their member right to bear arms. So, and especially in a state like Texas, you're going to find there's a lot of people who openly are carrying weapons, and that doesn't, as we say, give her an excuse to be an absolute bitch to him. Can we? Can we just not jump on me for one little comment? It was one little comment that is not the whole film. Oh, no, I'm just saying that. So that's the reason why I, that character just presented herself immediately as an unlikable character. To, to be fair, she has got a valid point. I'm, I'm not, I am not pro-gun, just for the record. I'm not pro-gun. I just also think that, you know, there's ways to deal with situations and to just, for no reason, attack someone just felt out of place to me. And then the characters themselves. I'm like, these, these young, like, influencers buying an entire, like, town of property to resell it just didn't make sense well they're obviously trying to bring it up to the modern age but did you not even like the party bus scene oh my are you actually being serious as in yeah. you thought that was a good I, I can't do this conversation for i'm sorry i can't do it we we need we've got a full episode to get through and you're standing there telling me you thought the fucking influencer cancel culture party bus scene was good I actually want to smash your computer in and my computer in and the world. Someone woke up and chose violence today, <laughs> didn't they? 
calm my no, ass. No, no, no. I didn't choose violence. You pushed violence upon me by telling me that you liked that utter piece of crap scene. That like that's the worst thing in the entire movie. I'm so <laughs> angry. Did you? Calm your tits for one. Secondly, all I had in my head there were Key and Peel with the tell us what you really think. Anyway. <laughs> Right, calm down anyway. Calm down. All right. Yeah, calm. That's fine. Or, or you can just carry on ranting while I find our feedback for this week because we're such a well-prepped... Well-oiled machine. Well-oiled machine. I did watch something else as well called um, Black As Night on Prime. It's a vampire film. Fuck my life. Honestly, it's like an extended episode of the shittest version of like, are you afraid of the dark or something? It takes like 12,000 hours um, to become interesting. Yet, they start the action pretty much straight away. How does that work? How do we have a vampire attack straight away and you're already like them? So fucking bored by this. What would you rather watch? That again or a warning to the curious? That's not a fair question. <laughs> There's like, would you rather have your face smashed in or your knees capped? Or your, or your, <laughs> well, no, because you can obviously you, you can you get knee cap. You know, knees aren't growing back. <laughs> They're not going to be fair. It's growing back if you get your face blown up. Playoffs. No. Yeah, I can tell you this though. I'd rather watch a warning to the curious again than that fucking bus scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that's right. That you is are, right. You are, you are ridiculous. That's, that's you are showing yourself up to be a ridiculous man. That's the kind of thing you can have people committed for. Honestly. Yeah, making that <laughs> fucking scene. Are you disgusting. trying to have a section? <laughs> You've had your fun with the sectioning. <laughs> okay, right, anyway. Right. I found our feedback this week, so thank you very much for everyone who got in touch with us. Corpse Bride, Noel underscore Kelly, for favourite heavy metal horror. She said, Deathgasm, humour, heavy metal, a whole lot of gore, and underdog characters you cannot help rooting for. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, like, I love Deathgasm. Not like, I love Deathgasm. Caitlin at Scared Sheepless said, I don't understand the group is the metal. But does Lord sorry? But does Lords of Chaos count? If so, that yes, Lords of Chaos, Norwegian black metal definitely counts. It's just like Caitlin is my tethered, right? We talk about this all the time. We are just tethered. This is no exception. Is she going to kill you? Or no, you no. Except there's no killing involved. It's just drunkenness. That's it. Fair enough. And then Darren Gaskell at Darren underscore Gaskell. Ask, have you seen Blood Tracks? It's all about the making of a rock music video. You'll thank me for suggesting it. Actually, you're more likely to send me hate mail. No, we're not doing this, Gaskell. We are not doing this. Every time, actually, it's not every time he picks a film. He's picked some good films, aren't he, for Bad Film Club. But last week's was ridiculous. To be fair, he said here that, you know what, you'll end up hating me and sending me hate mail for it. So he knows it's clearly not a good film. I was just asking, has anyone seen no, it? No, I haven't seen it. No. Can I also just ask a question for Isn't the point of Bad Film Club to watch a bad film? Yes. So isn't Darren doing the job right by picking no. a bad film? No, there's a very thin line between a bad film and a bad film. It should be called Bad Watchable Film Club. Really. Bad Watchable Make Fun of Film Club. That's what it should be called. And I do apologise to Darren. He doesn't do it all the time. He picked Gargoyles, did he not? And I loved Gargoyles. I'm sure it were Darren that picked that. He made it, and he also picked the one with the Crimson Executioner. Amazing, amazing film. Yeah, so he doesn't do it all the time. I was I was just speaking out of turn there, Darren. I apologise. But the last week's was shit. Absolutely shit. So, and if, I, if I'm going to hate you on this recommendation, I'm, I'm not watching. And Laura2022, I have no idea how that's pronounced her handle. Benovan? Non -LV. Let us know, Laura. Let us know how we pronounce it. Oh, she said, does bad news count? Bad news? That's the comic strip presents all the cast and crew. It's the Rick, Ed Rick Mayle, Adrian Edmondson, 
they're on tour as a as a band. I don't recall it. No, it's proper. Obviously, with comic strip, it's eighties. It's yeah, the, it's the it's great. It's not it's not horror, but obviously, anything with Edmondson male. Yeah, there. fair enough. Yeah, superb. But thank you, everyone, for coming to us with your suggestions. I think Stevie as well also said trick, trick or treat. Did he? I didn't mm. even see him on there. I'm sure it was Stevie that said it. But trick, trick or treat is a really good film. I think we watched it for um, as part of Strong Language. Yes, one of the one, one of the live shows. There's much corpse paint with the guys. Yes, there was, and sadly that ge- the main gentleman died of AIDS some years later. So I read, cheery. I know. <laughs> Also, interesting, just for the record, because on, on Instagram, which you never get to see because I keep it all to myself, mm-hmm. uh, Raiders of the Lost podcast also said trick or treat. Oh, yeah. Um, and Rebecca said um, deathgasm. So, cool. there you go. Quite a small number of films recommended there. I wonder if any of us picked any of them. Well, yes, yes, we did, because it's my film up first and I went for the Jason Howden written directed 2015 Deathgasm. Don't hold for applause hold just, just assume it's being given. I'm just gonna hold for applause. That sounds more <laughs> like some wanking. You, can, you can't applaud yourself as well it's not. I will applaud you the fuck off. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Deathgasm. Basic, when I say basic plot, the plot is fairly basic. I can't really out-basic this. Essentially, new guy, Brody, moves, in, moves into a new town to live with his fiercely religious uncle and aunt and his cousin, who's the high school jock, bully, and all-around bit of a dick. Mm-hmm. He meets Zach, the other heavy metal kindred spirit in their town and they come into possession of a sacred sheet music through which they play and bring about demons and nearly the end of the world as we know it. A, We've all been there. A tale as old as time. Just, I think one of the overriding themes of this episode, apart from phase pick, which we'll come on to, it's, 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 bro- it's, bro- it's great. I'm spoiler. The hair pick is brilliant, but it's not in any way a fun ride. No, minor mercers. I think the key word is fun. Think in the same way. In the same way that Scott Pilgrim did for indie music, Deathgasm does for the world of home metal. Think lots of splashes, a big gore and color, and general heavy metal cliches. And have that go over an absolutely fun, splatter-packed 90 minutes runtime where we saw this at, I saw this at Cellular. Did you see this at Fright Fest? I saw this at Fright Fest. It was the last screening of the day and uh, we were instructed to get beard up. So we did. We got like half cut and it was sweaty and shouty and laughy and brilliant. I had a right time. I think I took, I've still got a picture on Facebook of when I got home from it because I was just like covered in sweat because it was so hot in there. It were like going to a gig. It was brilliant. See, that's an exactly, that I think that's the best way to be able to have seen this film, which is a shame because obviously a lot, it's, as I say, it's years old now. So it's unlike, unlikely to suddenly pop up in your city world or local Odeon anytime, yeah, anytime soon. Well, be fair. So you do. Did do their uh, what do you call it? Their pick of films to play on yeah. the screen. Although, and a lot of them had played guests had played before. Yeah, guests had played. So before. the fact that it's played before doesn't rule out possibly making a return. And if they do add it on to their round robin of death, then I will strongly come out the background because I think a load of pissed up fans again mm-hmm. at Cell is going to be a lot of fun watching. But as I say, that's a key word. Just fun, splattery, gorific, completely unadulterated, non-PC fun. Mercer stayed awfully quiet. Not like him. No. I'm just allowing Chris to talk. That's 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 how these things should work. There, we shouldn't just jump in. Should. Every- 
time we've got something as soon as you know as soon as a thought comes into his head we shouldn't just split it out we should like be respectful should yeah we don't want to hear your thoughts <laughs> go, go on mercy please i know you don't i know you don't love it as much as me and Faye do. i what can i say what can i say <laughs> i will say this one thing that the the thing i do appreciate about this deathgasm is it knows exactly what it is it starts like as soon as it starts it goes yeah we're a, a rock movie we eat demons and it's not to be taken seriously it doesn't it doesn't give us any kind of false like setup you know it, it it's it it tells me straight away this is what i'm gonna watch mm -hmm. i avoided right first um obviously you know that's i said obviously like because you know me fair um, but yeah it's not it's not necessarily the kind of film that i would opt to watch um but you know i like to give everything a fair chance mm -hmm. fair enough go on you, i know you you want to respond and leave it in defense Defend my honour. Well, I mean, I, I will, because I love Deathgasm. I think it's um, it's got some impressive practical effects in it and some hilarious ones as well, because you cannot beat Death by Dildo. <laughs> it's one of the best. <laughs> I'm saying about not leaping in in a second. You got a full uh -huh. point, point in your head. It's got two of the two of the best sight gags. It's got one where they have to reenact the beheading because yeah. they, they haven't laid tarp down on the carpet. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, when Brody is stealing gas and it's panned back to show he's nicking it from the ambulance. <laughs> really funny. Two brilliant, two brilliant sight gags. And I love that. I love airplane. I love airplane-esque just sight gags like that. And that works brilliantly. I'm completely ticks all of my boxes. And the core's great. Blood yeah. spread everywhere. The effects are absolutely superb. Now that you now said, that said it, it, I will. My positives are this: or I love the fact that the, the practical effects are quite good. Um, I did laugh out loud at the uh, re-decapitation scene because <laughs> what 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 are they going to do? <laughs> just their confusion, and he's like, "Just do it," and they're like, "Um," just the way he's holding the head. I did find that quite funny. Mm. Um, I fucking despised the entire anal beating dildo scene <laughs> i was just like oh my god we are adults you know, like if i was a 13 year old kid i might find that funner <laughs> like come on like it's such basic basic humor honestly really? well, the maze will have had someone going shit in a corner <laughs> as well like you know think of um Green Inferno, why you hate, like, why you got mad at that? Because they resorted to basic, basic toilet humour. And this is just basic, basic, like, oh, what's going to be funny for some religious people? Oh, a vibrator, a, a double-ended dildo and some anal beads. The difference is that in Green Inferno, it wasn't playing it for laughs like Deathgasm is. It's playing it pure for pure silliness. And Green Inferno was trying to be, like, a half-serious cannibal film. Yes, fair enough. But it still took it to ch children humour. It took it to like very basic, like like shit and vag humour. I don't know what you call it, but like toilet humour. But like you know, badges. It's some yeah, some <laughs> some things are just always funny. And I'm sorry, he was sticking that dildo in his mouth <laughs> when he's sitting there. Is <laughs> I don't care that I'm nearly thought. You know, some things are just always gonna be funny and someone coming out waving a big fuck off black dildo around the head waving a kenneth yeah waving a running around battering someone with the death with it will never i don't care if i saw that in the street i would stand there laughing as an aside how far along in your peep show journey are you i've already done it once. Oh, so you've met kenneth uh, is Kenneth the boss? Kenneth the dildo. Oh no, I, I, I might have. I must have. I've seen it, but that's beside the point. I know. That's why I said inside. <laughs> <laughs> have you met Kenneth? <laughs> you met <laughs> Kenneth. <laughs> no, I, I, I must have 
but yeah no, for me that just didn't work at all it's it's you know it's just one of them there's a I've got to say it. I've just got to say it. I've got to be honest now. Go on, then. Few, there are a few things in this film that are like things that really anger me. So, like, I hate on screen writing when things are happening. Like, they put that napalm, um, how to make napalm um, instructions up, and they put like the names of the bands as they're saying them up. And I hate that. It just drives me crazy. Um, you know, I do. It's not something I like. Nice to see a strong female presence as well, though, with Medina. Darcy played by uh, Kimberly Crossman. Yeah. And also the lady who um, is actually becomes the head of the cult sort of thing. Yeah, so too strong. Too, which is nice, especially in the heavy metal, which, to be fair, has for years been... A male dominated. Yeah, a misogynistic, absolute mess. So it's nice to see someone actually put the effort in the being more inclusive. Yeah. True, but... Something I noticed about all three films actually is that there are three there are female characters in the mall that that introduced not as rock fans. Like none of them are rock fans, none of them are heavy metal fans. They're all mm. like outsiders. I do like the idea of like I think that God, I'm such a hypocrite, mate. I do like that lovely scene where they're sat on the bench eating ice cream. Yeah. And it's like two worlds coming together and like, you know everyone accepting everyone because let's be honest it is quite common um i've been to rock clubs and been at a place and I've had, i got headbutted by a rocker once because i looked like a towner <laughs> and he's like oh thanks um but then i've also seen like townies like get aggressive towards like rockers and metalheads and things like that so it's nice to like see a film create an element of like you know inclusion friends and all get along yeah Mm-hmm. But as you say, as as her not being a metal fan though, it just gives her added edge to that kind of that kind of what she's drawn as as kind of a uh, side piece to begin with, kind mm-hmm. of kind of airhead kind of character. Where like, no, she's not just this kind of blonde airhead. She's actually just this kick-ass yeah. demon slaying individual. And I, li- I like the flashbacks as well when she starts actually listening to the metal music and she has her own vision of what she is as like a metal goddess <laughs> like the, the big Scott, what she's got, big, sword. <laughs> big sword and stuff it's really cool Yeah, she actually reminds me a bit of the um, of the character from The Loved Ones, the sister who goes wayward after her brother is killed oh yes I know yeah. yeah, I kind of like the edge that they both have it's not just an Australian connection either. I don't know why they just reminded me of each other. No. Well, saying about Mercer, saying about metalheads and not being not being nasty and being quite not being nice coming together with worlds. We do need to remember that in this film he does just kill his cousin. Perhaps not for no reason because his cousin's a dick, a dick. But yeah. he just that is that great moment when he's he's like killed his cousin. He's like, yeah, demon. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and now he's just a murderer and really put on trial and charged for that because there's no excuse for killing his cousin. Only didn't beat him up and he wanted it. He didn't want it. No. But you know what I mean. It was um, a bit uncalled for, the murder. Yeah, murder, murder often is. Let's be, let's be fair. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Dion and Giles as well, the two, uh, two nerdy... Heavy metal fuckers as well. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons playing. I love uh, that scene early on at film where Dion's like, do you want to do something like completely outrageous this afternoon? And he's like, yeah. And then it cuts to them playing Dungeons and Dragons. So you like, yeah. It's when it gets thrown fist, it's like, hush, piss. Again, let's ride for piss. Just this regular occurrence and they're just fucking running in. Who feels water pistols and piss? We would. No, we wouldn't. I wouldn't. I bet you would. I bet you would. But as I say, it's one of, it's one of the weird things with this with this film because normally now we go, or one of us would go, oh, there's so many, there's these themes and there's this and this, as alongside all the dick and shit gags and everything else along we would be making. Normally we'd be like, oh, there's this and they're trying to tell this and this and this. Whereas this film, while not deep, as I say, is just a shit ton of fun. Yeah. So I'll wrap it up just by saying that. If you want a film that is Metal turned it to 11 that is loud, splatterific, funny, 
and just a film that you can get absolutely twatted to and have a spectacular time, then vote for Deathgasm. Mine is not so fun. Mine's taking it dark. In fact, mine's taking it black to the origin of black metal. Mine is 2018's Lords of Chaos. Woo! Thank you. I expect none from Mercer, but that's by the by. Uh, Lords of Chaos tells the story of Mayhem, based on a true story, uh, who did credit themselves as, and I assume and you know, probably know more about this than I do, as being the creators of Norwegian black metal. And uh, they were known for controversial stage performances, like cutting themselves and having dead animals on stage and whatnot. And it ended in a bloodbath, basically, as you see in the film. Uh, you've got Rory Culkin playing Euronymous, who, if you ask me, is probably my favourite Culkin role, well, Rory Culkin role of all time. I think he's made for this role. I think he's brilliant in it. He's Go on, I see you already. Uh, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. But in succession, you get to see him wank against the window. So... <laughs> I wouldn't know that's... if someone watched Succession without me when I wanted to watch Succession. I mean, that's that's grounds for divorce in a marriage, is it not? If someone watches a Netflix show that you want to watch, that's like divorce territory now. This one's quite Atlantic. But that's by the by. Sorry. Suck a dick. So, yeah, uh, Rory Culkin playing Euronymous is in Mayhem, founder of Mayhem, and uh, he befriends a guy called Dead, well, that's his nickname, and he ends up killing himself, and I never, well, you get the impression from the film, he never really gets over that. It's always in the back of his mind. And then Varg comes along, and Varg's like this obsessive metal fan who wants to be in the in-crowd so bad, but isn't quite there. And you start the film thinking, it's a bit of a poser, and he kind of just wants the inclusion, but obviously as you get to the end, and, you know, Varg, kills Euronymous, um, you realise he's just fucked up in the head. And along the way, they go burning churches and one of them even killing another person. It's pretty full on. Yeah, I mean, Varg was a talented musician as well. That's the, that's the thing to say. So, Well, this is I think this is where you would know more about it than me because I don't know Mayhem's music. But from the film, you do kind of get the impression that he is... They paint him as like just a psycho, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, as you say, he's painted very much as wanting to be part of the crowd and changing his image to suit what's there. Because we have the scene where he first meets Euronymous and he's put out the scorpions. Yeah. The scorpions patch. The patch on his jacket. Yeah, and then he's straight, he's gone dark hair, he's gone, he's straightened his hair, he's going out, he's got rid of the scorpions patch. And he's moving into the whole black belt. I'd say he's a talented, talented musician, though. But the, as I say, the film very much portrays his kind of obsessiveness and his belief that over black metal being a, a scene that he truly believes in against Euronymous's idea that this is a scene he's invented, truly invented mm. a whole metal scene in a very great metal scene with a huge legacy now but very much he off of the event in the genre the stuff he did around it was to promote him and get himself on tour and made as a band yeah, rather than yeah. rather than the whole kind of around the outskirts beliefs of it that Varg gets so caught up in. so it kind of flips it from what you see him as originally to what he ends up as it, it totally flips the role reversal of it even to the point where when uh it's called Dead as his character. Dead, yeah. yeah. So when Dead kills himself in a fucking horrible manner, I might add. And we said, like, when we said when we were watching it, why wouldn't you just bleed out? And it's like, well, I guess it doesn't always work that way. You don't always bleed out the quickest so that you'll just die there and then. And he, he was so unhappy and, you know, so messed in his own head that he just wanted out. And he was, he was going to make sure that nobody was going to find him and revive him. That was it. This is gone. And it's fucking horrible to watch. But when he goes ahead and blows his brains out, you're led to believe that um, Euronymous has taken parts of his skull and added them to these necklaces. 
as you know, like to be true black metal, but it's just chicken bone. Therefore, proving Vogue's point, <laughs> it's, it's kind of not, it's, it's not all encompassing of it, whereas Vogue believes he is. Yeah, I mean, the Kerrang interview when Jason Arnott phones up and speaks to Euronymous, and he says to him, he's like, he's like look, Vogue confronts him and goes, this is stuff that I'm doing, but your face is all your face is all over the cover. You're you're on all the photo shoots, and in fact, Varg is also painted while obsessive as an absolute fucking moron. Yeah, the interview he does with a Norwegian paper when they're taking the photos, and they go, "Oh, you can't see second, you can't see my face, can you?" you? Idiot. And he's just got, and you see <laughs> I the mean, flash. True. I'm not sure how much of it is because at the start of the film, we just say some parts are true, some parts are made up. Right. Okay. I know what's made up. Go on. The Anne Marriott character, the girl. She, That's she, it. She yeah, she. Well, I don't know about everything else. But I know she <laughs> She didn't exist in their world. She was uh, obviously brought in. I'm guessing to change the appeal of the audience that they're playing to, because uh, the film itself, um, because they, you know, not many people like to watch a film that's just purely one gender. It kind of adds to it as well in that it, it looks as if she's brought in as a character to soften Euronymous a yeah. bit and he wants to lead that normal life, but also to further Varg's insanity by just telling it to fucking strip. Yeah. Varg's like, um, I was so confused with Varg's journey because initially I, I was like, is he in love with Euronymous? And then I'm like, no, is he in love with the idea of being famous? And then he's like this full on like Satanist man who's doing it like not for any kind of notoriety, but he's also very confused. Like when like they say it, the reporters when they go, it's like, you're like this metalist with a bloody Nazi flag up, like everything that you're doing, it's it's very mixed, mixed, mismatched. And then like the fact that he didn't drink. Or eat me as well. It just felt like it, it was it it all it, everything about him just felt like he was just very confused, and I just couldn't work him out. This, uh, I, I know you're saying that obviously they paint him as being a moron in this, and um, I, I do think they paint like a side of jealousy of him as well because when Bard, uh, the Scars God, when the Scars God goes out and kills that man in the park, and comes back and tells them about it, you see Varg getting quite jealous as if he's being one upped. It's like, oh, well, that's fucking, that's pure. You know, there's burning churches and then there's killing someone and that's that's way above anything I'm doing. And then he's like, oh, let's go burn some more churches and tries to grasp back that kind of, the, the idea that he's the most metal in the band, that he's the most hardcore. Yeah, there is a very competitive streak amongst them as mm. to who can push this black metal to the furthest extreme. I mean, let's... I mean, it isn't even just for them. I mean, look at Dead at the start, as messed up as he is. When he opens the vein in the crap in the uh, in the club scene when they're playing, mm. that is just fucking absolutely just manic. It's bonkers. It's absolutely mental. I've been coming in some stuff during down at the front and fucking I've had some gigs where I've fucking been able <laughs> unable to identify what substance I'm coming in. You've had blood in hotel rooms, I've had, blood, I've had blood, I've been coming in blood in hotel rooms, yeah. Thank so. you, uh, Hotel in Nottingham, I'll recall. Thank you, Britannia. Britannia in Nottingham. Um, what I was worried about more than anything were those people chomping on the pig because I'd rather get covered in someone's blood than get salmonella or food poisoning. E. coli, yeah. E. coli, all that kind of stuff, yeah. I'm going to give my positives about this film. Because it's not there. Uh, no, I do. I think I do think that the the, the violence, not the, not necessarily just the violence, but like the self harm as well in this film, it's done like impeccably. It mm. Looks it literally like when he's slicing his arms, it did turn my stomach, mm. um, and it takes a lot for me to go. Mm. But like the way you were like just slitting down his arms, I was like, this is fucking horrible. The very uh, the the. The scene where he kills the gay man um, in the park. Um, again, I was just like, my God, this is awful. Like that reality of someone like trying to get up and get away. And then the final scene where Vogue does kill Euronymous, the, the amount of time it takes and the amount of violence and stabbing that he does. And then that final stabbing to the head is awful. It looks horrible. Like, you know, 
It looks horrible in a good way. I mean, it looks good, which is why it looks horrible. It's done there's, well. There's something about stabbing that I find quite horrible, you know, as a way to be attacked. Because I, I don't know what it feels like to be stabbed, but I can imagine what it feels like. And it's not necessarily that it's pain. It's like it's dull and you know that something's jabbed in there and something's gone wrong in there that's going to kill you. It's very visceral. Yeah, it's, it? it's horrible. And I could not stand to... It's just horrible how much he's going in again and again and again, all over a misunderstanding, might I add. So he, he wasn't ever going to do any of those things to him that he said. Uh, so if, if you don't know, he, he literally um, said that he was going to... Euronymous was meh, was not joke was kind of semi-joking when he was having a beef with Varg and said, I'm going to taser him, capture him, and just basically execute him and make a snuff film. It was never going to be any of that. Out of anger, he wasn't going to do any of that. I mean, let's face it, essentially at the end, he's looking to split, give Varg back the rights to his music, mm. repay him what he owes, and they can just go their, go their separate ways and just call it quits and actually put this behind them because like you said Euronymous's actual aim was to become famous to tour to make which music, he had not to make a statement mm. the, the making a statement was his way to do that um just in line with the film I really struggled for this one fair sorry um I found myself getting increasingly bored, waiting for something oh. to happen. Okay. Um, really didn't like a lot of the filler scenes, as I'll call them. I absolutely hated the Wonder Years style voiceover that was going on. They, okay. It felt like such a disconnect, like the voiceover versus the tone of the film. I was like, I feel so disconnected between these two. And I have never, ever less enjoyed a performance than that of Rory Culkin in this film. I thought it was awful. I absolutely oh. hated everything about it. There was oh, a... wow. I do not agree, obviously. No, of course not. Other than the final scene, I literally had no interest in him, his character, anything at all. At the final scene where... I wonder if this, this might be a relatability thing, though, because I probably related more to him in the final scene when he was looking more like a towner mm -hmm. than a rocker but no it's not that I, I just found his performance kind of forced I think you've got to remember as well which is I, I one of the things that I did find quite odd especially the first time watching it is they've chosen to have these characters as Americans and speaking English I, I think that's always the best thing to do if you're going to do rather than have your actors put on a bunch of faintly xenophobic foreign accents, it's much better just to have, say, go, right, okay, it's Norwegian, and we know they're Norwegian, so we'll just shoot, regardless of the accent, we know they're Norwegian. That's fair enough, and but I think that I think that adds to it, that I don't think you're supposed to like Lords of Chaos. I mean, I love it because of how crazy it is and how horrible it is, but I, I like horrible films. I like Golden Glove and shit like that. I like dirty, horrible films. And but I don't I don't think it's supposed to be something that you do enjoy that much. I I think the introduction of and I think this is why they brought the female character in is to make you actually see these people less as just rockers and see a real world around them. Like seeing his family, his his little sister, like this normal. I say normal. That's terrible. What I mean is this traditional kind of socially accepted norm of his little sister. And he even like um, the girl, Anne, like they're like more socially acceptable in normality. Mm. And watching, I think you are meant to like it. I think you're meant to like them. I think you're meant to feel for them, which is why as soon as he gets killed, we flip to her, we get to see her crying and we get to see his little sister as well. Like this, it's to give it, Mecca's emotional. I think, at this, I, I see, I don't necessarily agree because I think they do show them for the shitty people that they are. You see that Varg is taking money off his parents to pay for the record shop. You see that Euronymous is using him so that he can open the record shop and he can carry on and he can further his career. I, I don't think it portrays them in good lies at all. It, it's horrible when he gets killed at the end. But I think, again, that's more because it's over a misunderstanding. 
I, I can I know from watching that what a piece of shit every one of them is. They come across as such. I don't disagree with that. What I'm saying is I believe that they want us to feel for the characters, which is why they add an element of um, relatability to non-metal heads, I guess, with people who, you know, so we can see the destruction that the murder of somebody will have on their family. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I just found that, um, yeah, it just, it didn't work for me as okay. much as it worked for you or for everybody else, I think. Fair enough. Everyone has their own opinion. Yeah, I'll say it. I was saying before we recorded, it went down absolute storm at Glasgow when we saw yes, it. Yes, it did. I don't just want to like butt fuck the film. I do want to, you know, give credit or praise where you know it should be. And I think it looks fantastic. It looks spectacular. The photography work in the film is amazing. I love the photographs that are taken throughout when we mm. get to see them. I also love again this juxtaposition of seeing like the beauty of nowhere. Um, like when it cuts to like the beautiful landscapes versus like the grim reality of the world that mayhem live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the very start when we when it very first starts and we see this picture being painted of nowhere and then we focus in on them and nowhere's like all these like happy, like beautiful sceneries. And then um, and then we again focus in on this like dark, like world of destruction that um, Euronymous basically is creating. Uh, and this whole community that is created, I do, I do think they are some really beautiful aspects of the film. I think it was prime for it in the eighties because it was eighties. This happened, wasn't it? No, this would be nine. This would be nineties. Was it? eighties. No, this would be late mid nine, mid nineties, late nineties, I believe. I say, I, I know some. I know some. Like, I know a, a decent amount about black metal. I don't know. Dates and stuff escaped me over that. Mm. It wasn't my it's, it's, it wasn't my scene back in the day. Yeah. It's early 90s. Right, okay. Um, because they, they do men- make mention as well of the fact that it is like one of the highest suicide rates. Uh, they've got one of the highest suicide rates. Um, I guess setting a tone for the film. Is uh, I I would love to pick apart every part of this film. I think it's fucking fantastic, obviously. That's why it's my pick. But to sum up, this feels like an OG kind of film. This feels like if you were going into metal horror, this would be one of your starting points because it gets you in the feel of it. Move on to the funnier stuff later. Be all depressed and fucking <laughs> brooding first. That's why you should vote. Be like, be, like, <laughs> be like most metal fans. Get depressed first and then realise life's too short later on. And get into Avril Lavigne. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, vote Lords of Chaos. It's awesome. Brill. So we'll move on to mine. Now, um, if you've obviously if you've been listening to this, you've probably already got a feel that I'm not a massive fan of metal music or metal horror. Uh, I've never been a fan of comedy horror. Uh, there's a lot going against me when it comes to this episode. Uh, but when Chris did suggest it. Initially, I thought this is going to be terrible. I'm not going to have a single film. And I'm like, of course I've got a film. I've got the only film that I could ever possibly pick for this episode because it's the only metal film that I've ever got. Oh, my God, I love this. This uh, is a film that had its UK premiere at the 2019 edition of Soho Horror. It's Tim Connery's Death to Metal. Um, this is a, it's such a simple story. It's basically, we follow um, the story of Milton Kilborn, who is a local vicar who is absolutely obsessed with punishing people for their sins. His sermons are always about the evils of society, the evils of heavy metal, the evils of everything, and he hates everything. And he's a little bit on top, and he gets suspended from his position. He goes on a bit of a rampage, uh, ends up falling into a river where, for some reason, toxic waste is being dumped. Um, 
you like know, it is. Standing, <laughs> yeah. Um, becomes deformed um, and becomes a monster and sets off to kill people who um, he thinks are sinners, specifically those in the heavy metal world. We've also got Zane, who's the member of uh, a band whose name I can't remember now because I'm rubbish, um, who's just been kicked out of his band. His girlfriend's just broke up with him. His life's terrible. And um, him and his best friend decide to, you know, just fuck it. We'll go to this event and we'll live this life. And their two worlds collide. And then we have lots of fun, I think. Um, I love this film. It's quite honestly, um, I've seen it a few times pre, so we've it's, Mitch has played it a couple of times at the festivals. Mm -hmm. And it's literally everything that I despise. Mm. Uh, but for some reason, no, it is. It's literally everything I despise. But for some reason, it just resonated with me. I actually, maybe it's not as hard as like Deathgasm or um, Lords of Chaos or, or other like hard, like heavy metal or death metal films. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's got like a bit of a softer edge so I can like get on board a little bit more. I really enjoy the music. I really enjoy the story. There's some hysterical moments and we can't deny there's some hysterical moments. Um, yeah, it just works for me. It's not, it's, it's not a bad film at all. I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. And I think the guy who plays the priest, is it Andrew Jessup? Cool. He's fantastic yeah. in that role. I think he's brilliant. I love how crazy he goes off on his rants. And that bit at the beginning, bless him, where he's getting bullied. And it shows you how it became, <laughs> how it became the way, his origin story. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's funny. It's really funny. You shouldn't be laughing at a kid getting... I think... The reason I say with soft, I think Zane, much like Brody in Deathcat, is kind of inherently like he's kind of this kind of loses. Let's face, we meet him at the start. He gets kicked out of his band without any prior knowledge. Just rocks up and gets kicked. Yeah. The band has been replaced. His missus then breaks up with him because he's not in the band. It's just as it's making his breakthrough. So he's kind of down on his luck, kind of beaten up kind of anti and I think that's just it's softened because it's we, can't, we can't story. yeah we kind of root for he's kind of a lovable anti he's a lovable underdog mm. and everyone loves an underdog. Aye. And saying about people aren't in the metal as well. Mariah Grace Mellon mm. she also does a brilliant job of being an abs of a non-metal fan. And there's that scene where he sits down Zane and I'm sure many people especially with memes now with people explaining as he sits down and explains the band to play in the battle of the bands. Yeah. And I'm sure many people have had that conversation where they've had someone sit down and go, yeah, they're stoner up. These are grind decor. And he's like, oh, just don't do metal. Just don't give a fuck. <laughs> her face yeah. when he's going, her face yeah. when he's going through them and she's just absolutely blank. She's literally, I do not give a fuck about any of these bands. But he's really passionate and he's about it. That's fine. Yeah, fair enough. And she's a really good, sweet friend because she's going to put herself out there. Obviously, I think the intention is that they, they, they she kind of likes him. Mm. Um, you know, she's going to put herself out there for him and do something that she really don't want to do because, you know, he needs that support. Um, I think my favourite character in the film is uh, Ryan. Ryan... Rama, the guy who organizes the death. Yes. Um, Him and his child. <laughs> I told yeah. There's that awesome scene where like he's having this really serious conversation and then it cuts and it's a little boy that he's yeah. talking to. But then it's like, you can't tell your mum about this. And why can't you tell your mum? It's like, oh, because uh, mum's heart's been uh, replaced. Uh, a, a heart's broken, it's been replaced. He's like, what with it? He's like a septic tank. <laughs> and it's completely. <laughs> Child, that his mother has got a septic tank as a heart and she will die yes. if it's broken. And you're just like, that is so fucking twisted, mate. Like, that is awful. It's um, just, if, you're a male, if you're a male fan, you've met plenty of promoters like that guy as well. And it's like the venue as well. You've been every shitty little venue I've ever been to. It's like that in the middle of the kind of industrial, so just in the middle of nowhere, some little kind of village 
hall slash ledger centre slash church to stage in a low budget battle of the bands. I mean, that's why it's lovely. It's just so, I say, if you're a metal fan, you've grown up going to shitty little shows. Mm. There's a lot there that you'll be instantly recognisable. I think, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I genuinely like this one, because it feels like a bit more, like, community. I hate the term community, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but it feels a bit more, like, more integrated within this, like, you know, it's people going to this, like, seedy club. It's, like, probably, you know, it's in a, a little town in America or whatever. It just feels a bit more, like, you can, like, you'd vibe with these characters if you were there. Because yeah. they'd be day-to-day life um with like being in a small town um i kind of yeah i kind of love it mm. i do i kind of love it and then i love like i love how crazy milton is just in general like when he first before he even becomes like this demon creature um and he kills a janitor i just love the scene where he's like strangling the janitor and it's so, for me, it's so relatable the way it's like glasses are just hanging, like just barely on his face. And you're just like, this is crazy because you know, as much as like anyone else there, that all he wants to do is stop strangling him and push them glasses up. Yeah. And he can't in the middle of killing someone. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, mate. I really feel for you. Um, and then I love when he does become like the demon. De- I call him a demon. He's just like a toxic waste monster. Yeah, it's like a toxic Climate Toxic Avenger. Yeah, the Gospel Dust Toxic Avenger. Um, but I love like when um, he goes to that house and we've got that scene with that man and that other, them two guys in the living room and his wife's having sex with someone in the bedroom and he's like, oh, she's on phone to a family. You should hear the screams that come out of there with the arguments you have. And then when, when he goes into the bedroom after she's been killed, like, obvious, okay, so now I'm going to be like a dickhead who contradicts himself a little bit because... I actually like the scene where um, she's getting it, doggy style, uh, and she's going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he slices his throat and he bleeds all over her back and she's going, oh, there's so much. Oh, what, what are we there? So four-year-olds, it's so 13. I've just said I'm a hypocrite. Just because you say you're a hypocrite, you don't mean you're excused from it. He does. No, he does. If, if I admit to my problems... That's the first step to recovery there, admitting to your problems. My name's Mercer. I am a hypocrite. Um, but I do find that quite funny. What I think is more funny, though, is when the husband, like, walks into the bedroom and he sees his wife dead and he's like, oh, and then he sees, but he's like, who the hell is this? <laughs> As if, like, most important thing. It's not the kid from down the road. <laughs> so I do enjoy, I do enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, and like I said, I like, I like the I like the the effects again. They're not like the most spectacular, but at least the practical, which I prefer. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's a low budget film, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's you know it's not blockbuster style, but you, that's sometimes charming. Sometimes you don't need massive amounts of kills for something to be good. Oh, you're not going to tell this director how you can make their film on a tenth of the budget, like you did for a warning to the mad- curious. This isn't about a warning to the curious, all right? Can we not discuss that film ever again, please? I'm going to ask you a question because you might, you, you, you're probably best placed to answer it. Um, why is face such a no? <laughs> it's a real question, it's a real question. Do you know the bands that are playing at Battle yes. of the Band? Are they real bands? No, they, I don't. I, or if, if they are real bands, they're local, they're just small local bands. I don't recognise any of them. And I don't think they'd have the budget to be able to get anyone. I, I think they probably might draw in local talent and ask if like that's, they'd be involved. That's the thing. I think, they're, I think they're possibly local bands. They're not bands that I I know or I'd, I'd pick up that I know them. But so I'm no, I'm no doubt that they are, prob- they are probably genuine local local bands. To be fair, the Stoner Rock ones are fucking brilliant. I love the Stoner guys; they're absolutely awesome. Yeah, I think that's why it's so shocking to me because I actually genuinely like the soundtrack to this film. <laughs> um, again, but it's not like it's not like as hardcore as Loads of Chaos at all. It's very much like for me, probably a bit more mainstream. 
the thing is, Mercy, you can't always trust the kind of music you like in a film because it can be the film that makes you like the music. So you're kind of enamoured by the film, like Tragedy Girls. It's got a Skrillex song, and I love that Skrillex song. But any other time, I hate Skrillex. So you can't always trust. Do you know what I mean? You've been taken in. It's taken you in, man. That's what it's done. You'll be growing your hair out long okay. there, Serena. I don't think that's possible anymore. Um, uh, there's just a couple more things that I want to say that uh, in the film that I were like uh, a bit like either loved or taken a bike bike. So the first thing is when um, Milton actually is invading the Battle of the Bands, um, and there's that pregnant woman sat smoking and drinking. Yeah, and I just weren't expected. I mean, do you know like you are expecting it, but then you think, oh no, it's too low budget. And then he just rips the stomach out and pulls this like shitty fetus out, and the baby looks like, terrible. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say it looks good, but I, that that like was quite funny. It took me back a little bit. I don't know whether you know. Sorry for anyone who's had a baby ripped out of him, but you know, it was quite funny. It wasn't portrayed um, realistically on this occasion, so don't worry. Yeah, um, and then. Grandma's incinerator, the band. I kind of love like when they like run it away, they're like, we're a fucking rock band, we can take this. And they get there, they literally walk in and then run back out screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but then bizarrely enough, don't know how somehow he ends up in the back of their van killing them. Like genius is you magic see, as well. Grandma's incinerator seems like the type of band that would actually be a real band. They look like they've got a setup of a band and they've actually got merch and stuff like that. They I think they're legit. Yeah. I thought they might have been a real, but I should have probably Googled this in advance. Um, and then um, probably the last thing and my favourite thing about this film is at the end where uh, Ryan runs over Milton and he just keeps like reversing backwards and forwards over him. And he's mm -hmm. like, he, he literally says to them, I'm just going to keep like driving over him until the police arrive. And <laughs> he's just like wishing this body up. You're like, what? How is he going to get away with that? Uh, I love that. Um, and that's, you, you're right. I think there's, there's definitely an element of, when I say you're right, I'm pointing at Chris, no one can see that. Chris is right that this has definitely got a lot more fun in it than um, probably most films that I would pick as well. Mm. Um, but it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more, it's definitely not taking itself serious. It know, Again, just like Deathgasm, it knows what it is. It knows what its limitations are. It plays towards them and it just has a good time. And I fucking love it. And I think, honestly, I know not many people will have seen this film. Um, and I don't even know how you can see this film again, but like reach out to like the director um, and, you know, harass him and find out when it's going to get released. So it's Tim Connery. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find him on social media because people need to watch this film because it's just so much fun. And even if you've not seen it, vote for it. Give me a win because I'm desperate. <laughs> Do you not understand? I had to watch three fucking heavy metal rock films this week. This is too much for me. We look forward to when you win next week and we have Best Britney yeah. movie. Pretty bitch. Pretty bitch. I'm doing Crossroads. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I don't even know what she's... <laughs> I have no idea. So before Mercer runs through his entire list of Britney appearances in chronological order, I will just say thank you very much for listening. The poll will be up. As always, please vote for your best heavy metal horror, be it Deathgasm, Lords of Chaos, or Death to Metal, all worthy winners this week, I feel. Mercer less so. I know people might want to vote for Lords of Chaos because it's amazing, but maybe you should be getting a vote to Mercer. Maybe you should win. For a change. Whoa, 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 whoa. I am not nobody's sympathy wins. I want to win on merit, which is why I never win, because I pick films that no one's ever seen, or if they have, they think the shit. And I'm quite proud of my choices, and I will always stand by my choices. But I do think people should vote for Death to Metal because it is really good. I mean, you've literally just described the premise of the podcast. Whether you pick ones that people haven't seen or they think is shit are reasons they're not going to vote. Fine, I won't pick you up. I'm not, I'm not going to try and even help you with this. Well, well done for the 93 episodes in and just figuring out what we're doing. <laughs> yes! Uh, the only reason Faye don't want to win everyone and she's doing this is she hates fucking presenting. And that's the winner's future. No, I mean, I'm absolutely fine with that. If I get a win, I'll present. That's absolutely fine. I don't care. 
is very weird where we <laughs> where essentially by winning you have to do something you hate. Yeah. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> You've had a reward, now here's a punishment. Exactly. You've had the adoration of literally you two for about now five seconds when you win. Fucking bottom of the pile, you slay. Indeed. So poll will be open as normal. Please vote. Let us know which one you picked. Follow us on social media. We are at Spit Grays on both Twitter and Instagram. We're I Spit on Your Grays on Facebook. And if you need to reach us via email, you can do so at electricpossums at gmail.com. Please also don't forget to rate, review and subscribe if you've enjoyed this episode or our previous ones. And please tell a friend because we're at nearly 100 episodes now and we need someone to have an idea what we're doing for the 100th episode. We can't, we can't be relying on people to tell us what the idea is. This is literally what we are here for. We have to come up with this idea. Look, people, if you don't come up with something fun, there's a danger we're just going to sit here and list our 100 favourite horror movies each. We will just sit there and just reel them off one by one. We'll do Aliens Part 2 and we will watch Astronaut's Wife again. Or why don't we just do a best of and just cut together like just some sentences from every other show. Oh, perfect. In no any order. In no not, order. So it's just not, not an word. editing nightmare at all. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, so people, see, you see what you've reduced us to. Now, please, please help us and come up with something for us to do for our 100th episode. Anyway, that, that rambled far longer than I expected it to for an outro. But thank you, Mercer, as always, for coming on this particular podcast, my podcast. Always a pleasure. But I suppose... I'm grateful you've turned up for it. Thank you for having me. I don't usually do this. It's a real honour. You're very welcome. You, you might get to come back at some point. But thank you very much to everybody else for listening. And we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.